Yes sir, 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 No. We're live, y'all are on, and this is Balls. Balls. Are we on the air? A sports podcast. Yes, welcome to Ball Sports Podcast. It's a podcast with balls about balls. And we are your hosts. I'm Buddha. I'm Dylan. And it's Nels, what aka Big Facts and Full of Fat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Nels Tovin, man. <laughs> Shout out to you for the inspiration, though, you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw Dylan hit that upward inflection. Dylan? <laughs> I think How y'all boys doing? Episode 143? 1 plus 4 deja plus 3 vu. makes 8. Right? That is definitely deja vu. <laughs> that is going to be the name of the episode. Deja vu. <laughs> Big chillin'. Big black and big, big bullying. Whoa, I didn't know what was about to follow. I was, yeah, when you said big black, and I was like, oh, I was like, whoa. Geez. I was like, this this episode is about to be live. Get your mind off like, the gutter. Like, we off the rails I, you know, already, I, bro? I live in the gutter, bro. Whoa. Okay. All right. See, so you guys want to talk some spurts? Some spurts. We can talk, talk some spurts. spurts. All right. Well, let's start with uh, WWE. There was an NXT takeover this past weekend. Um, decent card. Uh, wasn't anything great. Not going to be on their you know top takeover list of all time, but it was a good card. So we'll go through the the matches here. I'll kind of recap everything uh, to start off. As far as the scores go, I won with a record of four and two. Dylan went three like and three. You, I'll take it. That's a winning record, baby. Uh, <laughs> D- Dylan went three and three. Nels went two and four. Yes, sir. I'll take it. Rebuilding. So the first, <laughs> so the first match of the night was the six woman tag match. This was not on the pre-show. This was actually on the actual card. Uh, it was Tegan Knox, Shotzi Blackheart, and Mia Yim defeating Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. Dylan, you got that one right. Um, yes, sir. This match really didn't serve a purpose. I'm not exactly sure why it was on the main card. Uh, there was no real. Every match line. serves a purpose, Broski. I I don't know the purpose of this one though. <laughs> to kill time. Facts. That's exactly. all. That's the only thing I could think of to fill the time slot. Uh, but I mean, that time could have went elsewhere. But oh well. Uh, and so, I. Oop. <laughs> and I oop. So that match was straight. <laughs> Up next. Oh uh, my gosh. Finn Balor defeated Damian Priest. We all got Finn Balor on that one. Um, really good match. Honestly, it, it's up there for match of the night. Uh, it's either my one or two. And uh, I think this was a real coming out party for Damian Priest. He hasn't really had a high profile match uh, like this in some time. And. Uh, even though he took the loss, he looked really good in the match, and I, I think, based on the finish and everything, that he really wasn't wasn't hurt by the loss in this case. He looked strong in defeat. 
sometimes you need to be strong in those and sometimes you need those strong losses because it just shows potential facts and it, and it facts that like he hung in there with Finn Balor you know who is arguably one of the top guys in the business right now so so you know shouts out to Damian Priest for that and hopefully this is going to be the start of a uh, a push of some sort whether it's just for the North American title in NXT or or something honestly I feel like Damian Priest's like character and everything might be even better suited on the main roster I feel like really yeah I feel like with everything like going on in NXT I don't necessarily see where he fits okay uh, but I feel like there's whether it's on Raw or Smackdown they need these these tall big heels and I think he he could serve that that role really well nice um up next, we had uh, Karrion Cross defeating Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, I got Karrion Cross winning on that one. And um, I was disappointed by this match. Uh, you know, Karrion Cross was supposed to be, you know, the next, the next it guy for NXT. And I, I was just kind of, eh. I was just. So what would have made, what would have made the match good then in your, in your mind? Well, I feel like Tommaso Ciampa one is capable of so much more. So I don't know if the match was what it was because Karrion Cross isn't as capable as Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, because up to this point, Karrion Cross, we've only seen him really in squash matches. And to be honest, this match was pretty much a squash match. I mean, Tommaso Ciampa got some offense in, but it was really very limited, which is disappointing considering Tommaso Ciampa has been their top guy for the past couple of years when he's not hurt. And... Uh, yeah, I I was just really underwhelmed by by the whole thing. I know Dylan, you 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 shared a similar sentiment when you were watching. It wasn't you know anything yeah, spectacular. It, it looked like it looked like a regular dangular match. It could on a regular NXT. It could have just been on a yeah, Wednesday. It was a regular. There was nothing exciting about them. Wasn't even making outside. Yeah, there was no big fight feel to it whatsoever. It was just power slam, spine buster. Yeah, ah. really Chokes, a really basic generic. It was like a generic move set that you get when you create a player in WWE, and like there was nothing. I don't know. Nothing stood out about nothing, the match whatsoever. It just whatsoever. didn't excite you. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think it that didn't maybe tickle my fancy? Do you think yeah. it was like that because maybe you put some hype on the match? It's possible, but I think a lot of that also falls on WWE for putting a lot of hype into the people. Right. You and know, you, the, you Tommaso Champa. You don't expect to see Tommaso Champa have a full match. Right, and I'm going to get into the WWE's hype train when we talk about Backlash that's coming up Sunday. But, yeah, like, Tommaso Ciampa, we know what we're going to get with Tommaso Ciampa. He's going to go out there and perform. But, you know, you put all this stock into Karrion Cross, and, you know, squash match, squash match, squash match, and then he gets to this, you know, his first actual real opponent, and, eh. You were, you were whelmed. Well, not even whelmed. Yeah, I was, I was underwhelmed. Yeah, I was underwhelmed. definitely underwhelmed. Is anybody but, ever whelmed? Yes, yes. You can I have be been whelmed. whelmed. Yeah, I've we discussed that. I think it was. I think we discussed yeah, the money that. in the bank. The money in the bank. I was whelmed. Yeah, the okay. money in the bank match. I was whelmed. Gotcha. Um, so up next we had the North American Championship match. Keith Lee, Keith Lee defended is my his guy. title. Love Keith Lee. Defended his title against Johnny Gargano. Uh, we all got Keith Lee right. Shout out to Keith Lee for wearing the Black Lives Matter gear. Yes, sir. Even though you couldn't see the matter part, that bill tucked in his ass. <laughs> well, he had it on his like little shirt jacket when he came out too. Before he took that off. Oh yeah. Uh, 
But uh, but he won. Honestly, I bet you Vince really McMahon good. wasn't feeling that. Well, he can suck it. Um, but <laughs> but it was honestly it was a really good match. Wasn't really exactly what I was expecting from it. Um, but I I enjoyed the match. I kind of was just I guess because of who it was that was fighting, I was expecting more of a a technical a technical spectacle. Right. Um, but it was really more they had more of a grudge match personal feel to it, which was cool. You know, I didn't hate it at all. Do uh, they just, do they do their characters actually not like each other though? It, their characters don't, yeah. Their characters don't. So I mean it does make sense to an extent. I just it's still very new in the rivalry, so I was kind of expecting that to happen a little bit later on down the road. Cause it seems right. like they're still continuing this rivalry at least a little bit. Um but I don't know. But it does look like uh, Finn Balor's inserting himself into this rivalry gotcha. as well. So Finn Balor's inserting himself in the rivalry. Yes. Um, oh. Yeah, because he had a match like on he- on NXT last night, and afterwards he looked at the camera and he he basically told Keith Lee, you know, I'm actually not mad at that. I'm coming for you. Yeah, I'm good. Pushing, I'm good with that pushing, too. They're pushing Keith Lee as much as possible right now. Facts. Keith Lee's and gonna be high- the next. He's gonna be the next NXT champion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was also a segment backstage where Adam Cole was back there because he's basically cleaned out the roster. And then Keith Lee kind of walked up on him. It was like eyeing him down. And he was like, soon enough. And walked away. And I was like, all right. Keith Lee said that too? Yeah. With a little smirk? Yeah. Exactly. So smirk look. So so that was cool. That was cool. That smug look. And you know he's going to be the one to beat Adam Cole. Boy, that's a perfect match. Cause he big as fuck. Be out here. He could throw Adam Cole ass around. They could just oh amazing ass. yeah. And 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 you know Cole will bump for him and sell for him too. So oh, that'll be sure. that'll be great. Um, up next we had speaking of Adam like, Cole. I don't mean I don't mean to interrupt, but Adam Cole looks like the type of dude that would be just fine with like giving a little bit of like not necessarily the power, so to say, but like kind of like that whole Shawn Michaels second run around where he just makes somebody look just hella strong. Oh, absolutely, and and it doesn't it doesn't hurt Adam Cole in the sense that he also has the undisputed era with him, so he there is always that equalizer there. So you can never count Adam Cole out because he always has those guys in his corner to even the odds, even if the power dynamic is stacked against him. Right. So so it does make that believable in that sense. Do you think um, they're ever gonna break up the undisputed era like they've done like the other um, Cal factions? When Adam Cole cleared on their ass, yes, I I could see that happening, uh, but I hope not, man. I hope they, you know, WWE has the habit of breaking up these tag teams and these factions, and I just don't think it's necessary in today's landscape. Like that's my fear with New Day too, that they're going to end up breaking them up at some point. And with you know the way they have the the roster set up, you know, you have these drafts and you have these trades that USA and Fox make to. Ron SmackDown and NXT and stuff like that, and you could separate them without breaking them up. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, to get them in their on their solo tips. So I hope it's a faction that because I always think it's so cheesy when there's this big dramatic breakup and then they reunite a couple years later and it's like really like all right you know like the whole Shield thing. I feel like they broke the Shield up way too early and then yeah, they, broke they for and then they. Yeah, and then they yeah, forgave him, and they forgave him way too easily. 
You know, a couple matches and all's forgiven. You know, all it takes is for him to turn face again, and then they're good again. They're buddies and pals. Like, what? Yeah, like, I would rather if you're gonna turn somebody heel, you know, maybe send him to another roster, turn him heel, and then you know, before you decide to reunite them, turn him back face. That way, like, there's no love loss and it's whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that That's makes sense. Me. Or make him turn heel because he's upset that he's leaving his partners. Facts. You know what I mean? You yeah. can make it like a deeper storyline. Like, damn, bro. Like, I hate it here. Yeah. And then you can turn them heel, too, because they're mad that they got separated. You know? That's right. a way to turn all of them heel. You know, type shit. So, who knows, man? Um, I do think they will eventually break them up, just because that seems to be WWE's MO. So, who, um, so who's going to do what, though? Like, Adam Cole, obviously, is the is the guy. But, like, what are what roles would those guys fill out? Well, the issue is the issue is Adam Cole might be going to AEW. I heard about that. How true? How his, how solid is that? It's pretty solid. His wife works for AEW. Uh, Britt really? Baker. Yeah. Um, and you know, over this summer during quarantines and everything, he was at a lot of the AEW like barbecues and parties that they were having and stuff like that. He was there just because I mean he's they were a lot of those guys are from the same indie scene. They, you know, all kind of have been wrestling together for years and stuff. So it may just be, hey, you know, let's work together. So and all in all, what you're saying is we're probably going to end up calling Adam Cole Wheezy because he's out of there. It's possible. It's it. it wait, well, I don't get that. Wheezy out of here. Oh, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. It is. It is possible. But. Apparently, he still has about 18 months left on his uh, current contract. So, who knows? A ton could change. They could renegotiate by then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so bro. There's, <laughs> yeah. They're talking still... about that boy contract real soon. That boy got a whole eighth of boy. You yeah, at first. Year, my boy. Right. At first, they, was, they were speculating that he was going to be up in September. But it's looking more like maybe it's September next year. Uh, yeah, who knows? That, yeah, that's just Adam Cole, you well, nigga, by then, well, you I, probably clear Right, and that's the thing. By that's the thing with these reports that come out, we'd never know how reliable the sources are on it. So it's just we kind of just got to take it for what it is. And or sometimes they could have put it out themselves to try to negotiate a bigger contract. Very true. That's also very true. And there's definitely going to be a bidding war for Adam Cole. And if he does leave WWE, that is going to be a big loss for them because it took them a few years to even get him because he was reluctant to go to WWE in the first place. Where did he come uh, from? I want to say Ring of Honor. Ring of, Honor sure. seems, Ring of Honor seems to have had a lot of talent. They have a very loyal talent base. That's the thing. It's hard to pull talent from Ring of Honor. Because usually if talent leaves Ring of Honor, they're going to Japan. But that's okay because Ring of Honor and New Japan, they do a lot of shows together. So they're kind of like, they work together. That's the problem with a lot of people, when they go to WWE, yes, they're still considered independent contractors, but they're not allowed to work independently. That's what a lot of the gripe has been with wrestlers is, you know, when they go f- to New Japan. And that's why people are loving AEW because John Moxley, who's AEW champ, he's allowed to go do New Japan shows. He's allowed to go to Japan and do the uh, uh, the International Wrestling Grand Prix that they do every year. He's allowed to do a show for Ring of Honor or for, you know, whatever other uh, territorial brand that's out there. You know, they have that freedom to take on shows as they as they see fit. So AEW uh, might, might really just start pick up people. They're going to pick up people pretty soon just off that. Oh, level. and they have been. Luke Harper is now the head of an entire big faction in AEW. Um, 
You got yeah, yeah. Like like I said, you got Matt Hardy there now. Oh, Jericho's yeah. there. You know, all these guys are are clearing it, bro, because they want to be able to go do whatever they want to do, and they don't want to be on the road three hundred days a year. Right. Yeah, slaving them boys. Yeah, like these guys are allowed to see their families in AEW because they're not doing a bunch of little house shows, you know, every night and traveling all over the world. It's you know, I don't know, man. It's it's it is it really one of those greener. Kind of, it's one of those greener it really, pastures things. WWE is slaving them boys. Facts. Right. Right. So it's you know like. We hear a lot of people sad when people get cut from WWE, but a lot of these guys that get cut have either one asked to get cut, you know, or two are very happy when it does happen. Yeah, yeah I was acting up anyways. I was trying to get y'all to let me go. Right. <laughs> that's facts, bro. Like, especially especially these especially these veteran guys that have been wrestling for twenty plus years. You know, like they <laughs> they don't want to work that schedule. Right. Right. And they're not in a position because they haven't been with the company long enough to negotiate a part-time schedule, you know, like these bigger names. You know, like, even someone like Randy Orton, who is still full-time, he doesn't have the travel schedule that all these other guys do. He doesn't have to be on the road 300 days a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nor should he. He's been with the company for, you know, what? His whole adult life. How many years at this point? Like, 18 years at this point? His whole adult life. I'm with an undertaker with it now. Yeah, so, I mean... (laughs) It's just, it's just one of those things. Like you kind of got to earn your stripes in WWE before Vince will look at you like that, you know. So who knows what'll happen with Cole? Like it, it's, I don't know. It's a gamble. But as far as what you were saying, knows is where do I see the roles fitting? You know, Adam Cole, if he does stay, he's he's a world champion all day. There's there's no doubt about it. Because in the ring, in the mic, his character, like he's he checks every box. You know, if you want to talk, if you want to really talk about someone who is the closest to being a Shawn Michaels, it's Adam Cole. It's not Dolph Ziggler. It's an Adam Cole. Really? So what, what is the difference 100%. between him and Dolph Ziggler? Honestly, bro, I just feel like Adam Cole is just more polished in every aspect of the game. I feel like there's just something about his charisma and everything. Like He just exudes world champion. To me, you. you know, like Dolph, it's like maybe it's and, and maybe that's partially because the positions that Dolph has been put in that we don't look that I don't necessarily look at him like that. And I because I do feel like he deserves, you know, more he world probably, championship he's, opportunities. He's, 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 they've had him do too much. Yeah. It's like you're yeah. all over the place. I don't know where your character lies. Right. It's exactly. Weird, I was just about to weird, say that. Like, weird. we don't really know what lane he's in. That's facts. With it. So it's like it's hard to keep up and, and keep being excited about what he's doing because it's like you're all over the fucking place and I can't stay I can't stick to the one thing you're doing. Right. You're doing everything. It's true. No, you're like you're you're Shawn Michaels and then you're fake Val Venus and then you're the person that goes in and just gets his ass whooped in two seconds. Then you're you're Santino Morella the next day and then you're uh, no, that's that's true. Man, that's every- very uh, that's very true. Um, so, as far as everyone else goes, I feel like they would keep uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish together as a tag team because they were a tag team before they became part of the Undisputed Era, and they work really well together. Their styles mesh together, and I don't think I think it would be uh, not a good look on on. WWE's part to separate them because I don't necessarily see either one of them being a solo 
character at this point. Right. Um, you know, because there's just some people that are just better fit as being tag team wrestlers, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and then Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong is somebody who would be a solid mid-carder every now and then get a chance to be a world champion. I think in ring, he's amazing. His mic skills are lacking, though. Um, gotcha. I could see him being a, a world champion if maybe they give him a mouthpiece. Um, you know, some kind of manager of some kind, but... Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of how that that deck would be would be stacked there. Gotcha. Um, but but speaking of Adam Cole, we had Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream in a parking lot brawl. Uh, they were there was a ring surrounded by a bunch of cars with their headlights on to illuminate the the area. Uh, this was a cool match too. Once again, not amazing. Uh, I've definitely yeah, seen no. better matches from from both of them, but it was yeah, entertaining. It was I yeah. thought Velveteen was really. I thought he really was gonna get that thing, dog. Yeah, they really yeah. just had him lose on some like. Yep, sorry, nope. <laughs> but but apparently reports are he's not even he's not being called up to the main roster soon. So maybe they are they are just playing the long game with him. You know, kind of like a Daniel Bryan to where it gets to the point where the crowd maybe they want to wait for him to be in front of a crowd again oh, to to win okay. it to get that moment. That that's that's a strong possibility that they could be doing. So maybe they, they could be waiting for uh, uh, NXT TakeOver whenever the one that they do around SummerSlam or uh, later on in the year. Who knows uh, what could happen. But uh, maybe they're just they're playing the long game and, and kind of want that big crowd pop. The long game. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I'm not wow. even mad at you because I was thinking the same thing. And then in the main event... Uh, Io Shirai won the triple threat yes. against Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Cena. Uh, Charlotte Cena, baby. To win the NXT Women's Championship. You mean John, um, honestly, you mean, you mean John Flair? John Flair. Facts. Honestly, this match, Charlotte added zero to this match for Nothing. me. Nothing. Like honestly, it probably would have been better without her. She didn't sell anybody's moves. Uh, she acted like she was too afraid to get hurt when you know people were trying to do stuff like she was falling slow like it was just it wasn't good on her part and much it would have been much better if it was just Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai um that so what do you think said, they added so what do you think they added her for then if that's the case well she, well, she was champion Rick Flair's daughter yeah she was the incoming champion so she had to be in the match um but Io Shirai stole the show on this match. She was everywhere. She was flying all over the place. She was jumping off the in your house set. Um, she did. Yeah, she did. Yeah. She was. You know, I'm, I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real with you. I love those type of frenetic wrestlers. Um, but you know, the question I have to ask here in this constant is her being the way that she is. Number one, do you think that she can do this for a long period of time? And number two, do you think that this style? It works for. Does it work for NXT? Because I know who? it doesn't work for like main roster. Who are you referring to? Io Shirai. Uh, yeah. Um, I think it works amazingly for NXT. Right. Um, and it could work on the main roster too. I, there are some people on the main roster that do have that style. It's just a matter of placement on the card uh, when she comes up, and that's the issue. And. Honestly, I'm ha- she needs to stay in NXT for a while anyway because let's not forget on Monday Night Raw we have Shayna Baszler and Bianca Belair who are not being used at 
all. Yeah, they're not doing a damn. You have two of the best women's wrestlers right now on your roster not being used. Period. And they I wonder go why here. that is. <laughs> no, your guess is as good as mine, sir. And they go it's, nothing, it's nothing they did. <laughs> it's nothing they did. It's just Vince in how he wants to book shows. Um, and that's why you know a lot of people can't wait for, for Triple H to take over everything because every everything will get better. Like that's the thing. It's not even just NXT. Everything will get better when Triple H takes over. Yeah, I was reading that in reports. Like that's really what's keeping a lot of the new wrestlers on. Is like, all right, we know in due time, like Triple H's gonna get on. Like, well, right. yeah. I mean, honestly, all you gotta look at is Finn Balor. He requested to go back to NXT because that's he didn't true. like how he was being used on the main roster. Yeah, because they was using him as this damn. Fucking sheet facts. He requested he requested to go back to the quote unquote developmental brand. Finn Balor. Right. Because he knew what it was. That's what I'm saying, bro. Ever since he's been back there, he's his character's been shining. Facts. Being able to be himself and shit. Be able to do whatever he needs to do. Right. That's crazy. Right, and I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> Bianca, whether she's being used or not, I'm sure she's partly happy to be on Raw because she's with her husband. So when they do start traveling again, she'll be traveling with her husband and won't be stuck at NXT and not seeing him ever. I mean, it ain't like who's her, her who's her NXT husband again? Huh? Her husband's Montez Ford from the Street Profits. Really? Yeah, the skinny dude who's who's really good. Really? Yeah, that's that's her hubby. Um, interesante facts so you know Io Shirai the women the, the the NXT women's champion WWE now has two Japanese uh, champions right now two women Japanese champions Asuka on Raw and Io Shirai on NXT um, yeah. Charlotte Charlotte is seemingly not part of NXT anymore after this match uh, because uh-huh. it looks like she's it looks like she's immediately inserting herself into a title picture with Oscar uh, on Raw. But so yeah, we have that to look forward to. If they just have her beat Oscar, man, I'm gonna be bro. Excited. I will be tight, bro. I will be tight. Um, Bet you they do. Yeah, no. I honestly, I wouldn't doubt it, bro. I. It upsets me. It hurts my heart. Uh, but yeah, so that was the NXT takeover. Overall, it was good. It was enjoyable. It was entertaining. Uh, served its purpose. I would like for them to start doing more of these kind of throwback, like ode to throwback pay-per-views and stuff. Because WWE has this warehouse full of their all of their old sets that they've ever used in the past are all just sitting there collecting dust. So, like, you know, bring out the old school, like, Judgment Day set, you know? Like, the old school, you know, just do, like, a takeover, Judgment Day type shit that we don't... These pay-per-views that we just don't see anymore. NXT TakeOver, the Great American Bash, you know? That kind of shit, bro. That would be that cool. Would be, yeah, I like bro, Great like, American Bash. That theme was Great pretty American cool. Great American Bash was dope. Yeah, resurrect all the... Yeah, because they're just sitting there collecting dust. Use them. Right. Use them. Why not? Fuck it. Um... But, but yeah, so that was that. There is a pay-per-view coming up uh, this Sunday, WWE Backlash. So we'll go through uh, the card and get those picks. Um, up first, we have Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy. They've been running this whole Jeff Hardy DUI angle. It's kind of, it's whatever. 
Um, but yeah, I got Jeff Hardy winning this match. Me too. Me too. Dylan? Uh, Jeff Hardy. Okay. Uh, up next, we have the United States Championship match. Apollo Crews defending his title against Andrade. Shout out to Frat. Uh, yeah, shout out to Frat. Got to roll Frat. Apollo Crews retains. Yeah, I got Apollo. Of course. I'm glad that boy finally got him a little tittle. Right. They changed his music, too. They what? changed his music, too. To what? Um, ding, 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 that would be fire. But um, that, I think there would be a licensing issue, though. Um, but I right. think, you know, hopefully that's that's a good sign that maybe they're, you know, going to keep the ball rolling with him for a little while. Uh, so we all I mean, going to Apollo Crews. It's long overdue. I always felt Apollo Crews had, he had potential. They just, they don't really use it. That's facts. Um, so we're all going to Apollo Crews, correct? Indeed. Indeed, young men. All right, the Women's Tag Team Championship match. I love what they're doing with the Women's Tag Team Championships. Um, last week on SmackDown, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss defended their, their uh, tag team titles against Bayley and Sasha Banks. And, you know, mind you, Bayley is still SmackDown Women's Champion. And even during the match, you start seeing the a little bit of the dissension between Bayley and Banks. And... Um, Bailey and Banks actually won the tag titles. So they are now tag team champions. Um, and I think this is just part of the slow play for this uh, event, eventual feud that I think we're going to get for SummerSlam. Because I, I think WWE is still hoping that uh, SummerSlam is going to be able to go off without a hitch in August um, in Boston. Boston has be- opened up, so yeah, it might. It might. Right. And I think they're hoping that at SummerSlam they can have the Bailey versus Sasha Banks match for the title. Uh, so be I think wonderful. That would, would be, be incredible. That's the perfect, that's the perfect it, platform for it. Yeah, because when is back, like low key my favorite pay per view outside. I love SummerSlam. I love right. SummerSlam too. I love SummerSlam. And on top of that, if you guys remember back when they were in NXT, Sasha Banks and Bailey had an amazing rivalry they had the first ever women's iron man match there like they 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 had a a a tlc match like they killed it against each other and what's dope about this is i think it would be the opposite dynamic where bailey would be the heel and sasha would be the face so i it'd be interesting to see the dynamics kind of switch uh for that so in this case the raw women's tag team match is a triple threat uh, Bailey and Banks versus Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss versus the Iconics. Um, I'm actually going to have Banks and Bailey retain here, barely. I think there's going to be more, you know, of the issues kind of stemming between them. And then I, I think I have them losing the next pay per view, which is going to be Extreme Rules in July. Um, so, yeah, so I'm going to go Bailey and Banks to retain here. You know, everything you're saying is on point. Um, you're you obviously are a master of your craft, sir. And like, I have nothing else to say, but I'm going with the iconics. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, go Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, bro. Hell no, 
Come on, fam. Bro, you got to complete it, bro. That, that way we each got a dog in the race, bro. Facts. I'm not going on Nikki Cross and Alexa. Bliss, All right, who you going with then? Bailey and Sasha Banks, my boy. All right, I feel you. Bailey. All right, up next is my next issue with WWE. We have what is being promoted as the greatest wrestling match ever between Edge and Randy Orton. Now, my beef with this, and Dylan, I know you disagree. We kind of talked about this, and I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you. I'm gonna let you get your point. I know. Let me. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you. You know, have your your moment. But let me just let me just say why I am aggrieved by this. Um, yes, they always boost up high profile matches. I get right, that. If you're gonna if you're gonna mention my points, then my, there's no point in me having points. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, then, then I guess you won't need your point. So, um, so they always boost up high profile matches, but in this case, not only are they calling it the greatest match ever, it's part of the marquee for backlash. A big thing stacked. Greatest wrestling match ever. And they're showing it not just for that match. They're showing it just as the straight-up graphic for Backlash. Greatest wrestling match ever. Awesome. They're on every week on Raw. They're having a different Hall of Famer. Whether it's Ric Flair, Kurt Angle, Triple H. All these guys are weighing in on who they think is going to win. The greatest wrestling match ever. And it's like, bro, when these guys were in their prime... They're not giving us the greatest wrestling match ever. Yes, I know it's open to opinion, but let's be real here. Edge hasn't wrestled in nine years. He's not going to give us the greatest wrestling match ever. So, that being said, and on top of that, also, I'm going to just go ahead and say one of Dylan's other points. They had their thing where they had <laughs> Super Showdown, the Super Showdown pay-per-view. Yeah, they did that all this hype, and you know what? It sucked, and they got killed for it on social media. Same thing with... Uh, their greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia. Guess what? It sucked. They got that killed for it on Twitter. That they just do I know. And it's dumb. And that's my whole thing. And it's dumb. And it's not going to be the greatest. So why are you doing it? It's dumb. So my whole thing is, if you're going to go through with this match, it's going to suck. It's, it's not gonna, The match isn't going to suck. Sorry. But it's not going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. And it's going to be a letdown. You're getting fans too hyped up for this. So what I'm hoping happens is that as soon as the match starts, Randy Orton says, fuck it, gets himself disqualified immediately, and just beats the dog shit out of Edge. Why does it have to be Randy Orton? Why can't Edge beat the living dog shit out of Randy Orton? Oh, he either, oh, yeah, he already did at the last man standing match. But either way, I, I feel like it would be more heat on Randy Orton because he's the heel in this, in this regard. Because if Edge did that, he would prove Randy Orton right by saying he can't beat Randy Orton in a regular wrestling match. True. That's kind of that was kind of the basis for this whole thing. So I don't know that. I mean, that's that's my issue. I hate that WWE does this. They do these hype trains all the time, and it it rarely pans out. And if this is just going to be a straight up wrestling match, it's gonna it's gonna be disappointing to a lot of people because they're hyping this shit up like it's going to be the the best thing since sliced bread, and it's just not. I'm sorry. Because objectively, everybody's going to have at least, you know, one of the same matches in their top five. Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, both of them. You know, like, there, there's just so many other matches that 
this it just it, they can't live up to. I'm sorry, they can't. So, in that regard, I'm just gonna say Edge wins. I guess. I don't. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Edge. No, fuck it, Randy Orton. I don't give a fuck. Fuck it. Yeah, I got Randy. I've also got Randy. I very rarely go against Randy Orton, so I'm gonna keep it up. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know if there's anything else you guys wanted to add on the whole thing. I just it, it just annoys me because tell indeed because it like I said because it's part of the backlash graphic now. Like even when they show other matches on the card, they're showing the whole greatest wrestling match ever thing next to it. So like they're reminding you of the Edge Randy Orton match when they're hyping up every other match. And it's like bro, like y'all are doing a lot right now, and it's just not. And even I can't Edge wait for said, that match to be fire as fuck. I hope it is. Hey, hey! If I'm wrong, I will come on here and say I am wrong. I apologize because they Cause fucking killed Buda the shit. Be, Buddha be wrong confidently, boy. And I, <laughs> I do, but, but, but I, hey, but I do hold myself accountable. I do say if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I mean, you got no choice. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what and you guys and you guys and I know you guys will hold me accountable. So it's not like I can get we out of it. Sure Damn, will, buddy. Me. We sure will keep your ass accountable. So, uh, so, so it's just uh, one of those things, man. Like. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm, you I'm just there. sound you just sound really like adamant and hurt. You want to know what else you what else makes it well not even makes it known. You know what else you do when you get really adamant and into something? You say so like eighty times. So. My bad. What I feel like is I'm gonna do this. So I'm going to go to the store and get some orange juice. So I can drink it. <laughs> so right. I can have a good productive breakfast. So I can have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next match, uh, we have the uh, the Raw Women's Championship, Asuka defending her title against Nia Jax. Um, I got Asuka winning. Really Asuka, you said you got Asuka over Nia Jax? Yeah. Why do they always try Nia Jax? Uh, well... She hasn't proven she can stay healthy, for one. Um, and from what I hear, she just causes a lot of waves backstage. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She could be a bitch, like, to Whoa. a lot of people. Talent, like... No, I'm just... That's what people have said. Really? You calm her big ass down. Yeah. And that's part of the reason. Because she's so big and stuff, like, she likes to she just intimidate... She likes, yeah, she likes to intimidate other people. Why are you bullying people? (laughs) You're a grown ass woman. (laughs) So, who who y'all got? I did read somewhere that they did. I did read somewhere that, you know, a lot of the people backstage aren't even blaming Ronda Rousey for coming at Nia Jax the way that she did. A lot of people are like, nah, I understand. I was like, "That's, that's interesting. Be like that. So who y'all got? I got Oscar. Big Oscar. Bet. Um, up next we have the Universal Championship match. It is a handicap match. Uh, Braun Strowman defending his title against Miz and Morrison. Um, this is nothing more than a holdover. You know, as you guys know, Braun Strowman was fiending, not fiending. He was feuding with the Fiend, um, but. What I didn't realize is that the fiend's been gone for a few weeks because he just had another baby. Um, 
Yeah, so he's kind of just been, you know, there for JoJo. Yes, sir. I don't even know if they're. I don't even know if they're married, but he's been shoot. He's been shooting that club up, though. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Um, Can't blame him. But uh, I think now at this point, this is where the fiend is going to make his return. Now that that she has had the baby, Um, I think he's he's good to come back now. So I think. You know, Braun Strowman's going to retain, and you know the Fiend shows back up. Yeah, I got Braun. Brawny, Brawny boy. And, and it's going to make him. It's going to make him look strong because it's not like Miz and Morrison are soft, nah. Facts. Um, and then we have the WWE or Championship. Oh. Miz and Morrison wins, and then they got to face the Fiend and Bray Wyatt for the title. That would be kind of how. Crazy. The- that would have to be a cinematic match, obviously, but I am here for it, Dylan. Get this man a job. Creative, y'all need him. Oh, that would be fire, bro. I'm picturing that right now. <laughs> that shit would be crazy. Bitch. Imagine, imagine fucking Bray Wyatt tagging in the fiend. Like, wow. that's great. That would I'm be here for it. And then and he tags him in, he's like, let me in. <laughs> like, right. Oh Yes. <laughs> Let me in. Oh, that's great. That Good job, Dylan. That would be amazing. Give that us would job. be amazing. We don't even need a job for the whole year. Just give us like three months. Bro, we would turn the whole boat around. Bro, to be real with you, we'd make the WWE the single greatest thing in the history of man. Not right. in the history of man. No, <laughs> in, the like... his, in the history of man. Stand by it, bro. I fuck with it. All right. In the history um, of man. And then we have the match that'll probably be the main event, uh, WWE Championship match between Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. Um, these guys, this could be a very interesting match. That could be a nice match, but Bobby trash. Right. But <laughs> I will say, I will say, they did have a feud in TNA, and those matches were pretty good. These guys also both have MMA background, so we could see some type of shit like that come into play um yeah i i don't want to get my high, my my hopes up too too much because bobby lashley hasn't been performing that well but he does have mvp in his corner now so that could yeah montel vontavious porter yes exactly so who knows what could happen there but i do have drew mcintyre retaining i don't have him being stripped of his title just yet nope it's too early you know, it's cool to see MVP back, though. I always thought he was all really right. He is. Facts. And the fact that he's in more of a managerial role. He still wrestles, wrestles periodically, but uh, he's definitely more in a, of a managerial yes. uh, at this point. It's just dope. He's, he's, he's good on the mic, and he's, he's a good presence. And, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see. Nice little flashback to the past. What was the name of the other dude? The dude that was on uh, JBL's like cabinet or whatever. I think he was gay. Oh, um, Orlando or some shit. Orlando. Jordan. Oh, Orlando Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best athlete on the roster. Yeah. Bro, they really loved hyping that up, bro. <laughs> they really That's loved true. hyping that up. If you didn't know any better, you'd really think like this man was like everything. <laughs> they didn't give this. They didn't even give this man like a belt for too long, did they? No, he had the United no. States title for a little minute. Did a he? little minute. 
A little yeah, bit. For, he did. I ain't gonna lie to you. He had it while JBL was WWE title, and he had it for a nice little couple months after JBL lost the title. I think mm-hmm. he ended up losing it to like, I think he ended up losing it to like Chris Benoit at SummerSlam or some shit. Nice. Really? That was uh, like one of the best SummerSlam. They had him versus Benoit. They had the Eddie versus uh, Ray ladder match. They had the uh, JBL versus um, Batista. Undertaker versus Randy Orton. They had Cena versus Jericho. That was a. They had the Edge versus Matt Hardy grudge match. Oh, it was killing it back then. Yeah, they spazzed with that 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 on um, pay per view. Um, Dylan, who was your pick for this this match? Um, Drew, easily. Okay. okay. <laughs> all right, so so that's all I got for for WWE at the moment. Um, I do just want to talk real quick. Uh, UFC. They did have a pay-per-view this past weekend, which was really good. They've been knocking it out of the park with these pay-per-views. Also, they made the octagon smaller. Um, yeah, I know. I peeped that. That's pretty so, cool. Yes. Yeah, so, it makes for more finishes because guys can't run away. We want you to get knocked out. Yeah. So, there was a couple walk-off knockouts over the course of the night. Like, there was a buzzer beater knockout. There was a first-round submission. Like, they... They they did the damn thing. Um, what's uh, what's Buddy's last name? The 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 buzzer beater knockout. I don't want to say his name incorrectly. Oh, Co- Cody Garbrandt. Listen, that punch. What? Yes. All hits, yes. my boy. Yes, sir. That was a great um, punch, and it was funny because we were talking about that, and I was saying like, bro, he only needs one punch, bro. I was like, he got them heavy ass hands. Right. Sure enough. Right. Um. Yeah, I when like he fights, his, when, when he fights, it's always about who gets who who gets hit first because his jaw isn't the, isn't the best. So it's it's always about who connects <laughs> first. Um, but it was kind of overshadowed the whole pay per view by Conor McGregor uh, announcing his re- his retirement again. Ah, I disagree. Um, I know why he did this, and it's it's the same reason why a lot of other guys are frustrated right now. Is the fact that Connor wants to fight, but he's not being given a fight. Um, Dana White in the UFC are reportedly constantly telling him to wait. They're, they want to give him the the winner. Because, all right, when Connor came back, he wanted to fight three times in 2020, right? And that, that was his whole thing. He's in great shape, he's ready to go. You know, his first fight against Cowboy knocked his ass out. Easy money. Connor was ready to go again. Connor says, "Listen, give me Justin Gaethje, and then the winner of that can fight Khabib because Khabib wasn't in a position where he could fight at the moment." And um, they said, "No, bitch." They said, "We're going to give you the winner of Gaethje versus Khabib, which isn't happening until September, maybe October." Which means after that fight, it has to be another few months. Because those fighters have to rest and recover, because there's like a it's like a minimum of like a couple months or a few months depending on how much damage they take. Sometimes if they take a lot of damage, it's six months before they're allowed to fight again. So now we're talking about okay, he was wanting to fight, you know, three times this year. Now it's looking like he's only going to fight once this year, and you know he's begging for opponents, but because UFC is the way they is. They don't want to just give him somebody. They want to give him a high-profile fight, but none of those guys are available. So he's just frustrated, like, yo, like, I'm your top draw, and 
another big issue is the fact that they want to wait for there to be crowds to have Connor back because obviously he's a huge draw. No matter what, love him or hate him, Connor draws. You want to watch him. Exactly. Oh, yeah, easily. Everybody wants to watch him. So Connor doesn't give a fuck about that. Connor wants to fight. So this whole retirement thing, he's not really retiring. He's just expressing, yo, I'm frustrated because I want to fucking fight and y'all aren't giving me a fight. So what? Fuck it. Like, I'm done. And honestly, it's the same thing that's happening right now with John Jones and uh, Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal was supposed to fight Kamaru Usman for the title. That's not happening anymore. Because they want that crowd there? Well, not only that, Masvidal wants to renegotiate his contract because they're offering him less money now. Because there is no crowd, so they're not taking in any money at the gate. And that's usually a huge portion of the purse that they normally get, that they're normally promised. You know what I mean? Right. So now that that's not even on the table, these fighters want to get paid more. It's like, okay, if I'm not getting a percentage of the gate, I want to get paid more for this fight. You know, it's not fair that I'm risking my life, which they are, for X amount of dollars. And just because y'all aren't getting a gate and I'm not getting a portion of it anymore, I'm, I'm not getting that money. Like, I need, I need my bread. I need my chip with the dip. Yeah. So... That's why he's not fighting Kamaru Usman anymore. That guy who won that last pay-per-view, Brian Burns, is fighting Kamaru Usman. Or is it, is it Brian Burns or something? Burns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, dude, the yeah. dude that just got the win. He beat Tyron Woodley. Yeah. Yeah. So so he's fighting Kamaru Usman for the title, which is going to be cool, I guess. But it's not the high-profile fight that everybody wanted because um, they wanted Masvidal in that Right. The only, way, the only way that fight is really going to work out the way that people want it to that believe it or not, Usman would have to lose. Yeah. That's the yeah. only way that this fight is gonna get any pop. Usman would have to lose. If Usman wins, everybody's gonna be like, alright, well shit. Yeah, and I don't see Usman losing that match, to be honest with you. Because he's not like Tyron. Tyron's uh, a counter striker and stuff like that. Uh Usman's gonna come for that ass. Um but the same thing's happening with John Jones. They were wanting John Jones to fight Francis and Ganu who is, as we saw, very dangerous um, with that strikeout. You know, I sent Dylan, I sent you the video and everything. Right. Um, it, that's a dangerous heavyweight. And, you know, John Jones is light heavyweight. So John Jones is going to have to go up in weight and fight probably one of the most dangerous, if not the most dangerous striker in the UFC for less money? No. No, I'm, no, pay me. Like, you're out your mind. And, you know, Dana White's not budging right now. So it's kind of, at this point, these high profile, more and more of these high profile fighters are just sitting there like, who's going to blink first? Stop playing with me. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know what's about to happen. Because <sighs> it's, you know, it's similar, you know, to the wrestling thing. These guys are, are independent contractors. However, their, their contracts are, are situated as such where they can't do anything. They're kind of stuck, so they're like, "All right, bet. Well, I'm I'm retired then, or I'm not fighting then. I'm I quit." Well, the thing is, they're saying Dana White's not budging. So the question is, is does does the UFC have that money in their budget to really be able to like fund all those things without the purse, without like the gate and stuff like that? I'm sure. I mean, you gotta think UFC's been in business for a long time, and I think a few months off's not gonna kill them. Because these guys, these guys get paid per fight, so it's not like these guys are getting, 
you know, regular paychecks. You know, the only people that are getting regular paychecks are people that are like official, like UFC staff and stuff like that. Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, these guys are just fighters and they only get, they get paid per fight. So I, I need that check to count when I, when I do fight, especially when I have to have, you know, a potential six month layoff in between fights. Right. That check need, that check needs to be worth it. So I, I can't really fault the fighters for that because you know, like like we said, they are risking their lives every time they walk in there because you never know what could happen. And right. yeah, man, it's not this isn't like this isn't like football. I mean, football is very dangerous too. But you know, this is a combat sport. This is this is super dangerous. Um, yeah, this ain't this ain't WWE. Not yeah, out. yeah, exactly. Like these guys are in there literally trying to kill each other. So. No facts. No, no. I, I completely understand that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just that at the end of the day, like the the main thing is, is like there is no crowd there. You know what I mean? And to be honest, I don't even think Dana White can really say much because I mean this is how they eat. Feel me? So you know, I, I don't want to get my ass whooped or whoop somebody else's ass for less money, especially if I know I'm worth more. Like fuck out of here. Right. Facts. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um. And then, okay, the last thing I wanted to add. Did you guys see the Bruce Lee 30 for 30? I did. I I was disappointed, bro. Really? Honestly, bro, I felt like that shit killed a lot of the mystique about Bruce Lee. Damn. How so? Bro, he was a child actor who was small and could do some martial arts. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like growing up, like, Bruce Lee was like, oh, that's the baddest motherfucker around, bro. That's Bruce Lee. Like, and I get it, they were movies and shit, but the mystique around him was so crazy, and shit was never even in a real fight, bro. Like, he just knew karate. I've seen plenty of dudes who know karate that got their ass whooped. Like, I don't know, bro. That shit but it's kinda... not, but see, I think I think that's where you got it mistaken. I think you're worrying about him getting his ass whooped. It's not really about him getting his ass whooped. It's, it's about how many styles he knew, how many, like how many students he has i mean like some of the greatest martial artists of all time learned directly from his school or his style like he created his own style and i think that's why he has that mystique because not only did he do that but for the record i mean he branched the eastern and western world together because remember like they weren't giving him roles like that in movies here in los angeles he had to go to hong kong get big come back to la and make those movies and he was making those movies on his own right and not only was he branching different worlds like you got to think about it in the game of death he choreographs a fight with kareem abdul jabbar like Mm -hmm. kareem abdul jabbar is his direct student like when you're watching him fight like he's legitimately like fighting this man so like even in his movie roles like if the person could take a hit they were actually fighting I don't think it's so much the mystique of him being the baddest motherfucker on the planet. I think it's the mystique of him creating styles that that pretty much inspired some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's, that's, that's what I took from it. I took from it, like, for me, I was just like, damn, like, he he had an agenda. You know what I'm saying? Like, he knew what he was doing with, like, martial arts and the different styles and stuff. And he branched so many styles together. Like, it's impressive, man, to me. I I feel you, bro. Like, I don't know. I guess, like, maybe it was just, like, the kid in me was just like, yo, 
I thought this guy was out here just just taking dudes heads off, bro. Like just out here just banging on people, bro. And it just that just wasn't the case, bro. Like he was just but, an actor who knew karate. Could, but but he could if he <laughs> wanted to. Like I don't know, bro. If he ain't never we don't even know if he ever was in a real you fight. Can't, bro. You like, can't you can't beat him. I'm shot I might could, bro. I've been in the fight. I don't know if he's ever been in a fight. Alright. Alright. You know the the whole the whole thing is is like unless he was gonna do tournaments, which he did do tournaments and, and place in those tournaments and did very well, you know like he can't fight people. I I'm just saying, like he he, he, he legit can't, he can't, can't fight, fight he people, can't he yeah, fight he, yeah, he cannot fight people. Like that's that's what, what what's his name he was talking about? Him, Michael maybe. J Michael J. White, like he can't fight people. He's not allowed to. His hands are registered. Yeah, and well, I just who the one to be out there dying for real? No like, man, you want, want people getting their ass whooped. Like I said, no. Like I said, honestly, like the doc was cool overall. Like it just for me, it just kind of hurt the mystique of you know. That's just like honestly, like this Undertaker one. I feel like kind of hurts the mystique of the Undertaker. But I love it. It's still cool. Like I like it a lot, but. I don't know. I just don't like seeing. I just don't like seeing like certain guys like that. But I mean, it kind of. But you kind of have to have that though. Like watching the Undertaker's documentary, and I didn't even watch the fullness of it. But even a little bit that I watched, I was kind of like, "Damn!" Like he's human, man. Like his feelings is hurting stuff, and he's making dumb decisions. And you just, you just don't, you just don't associate that part. You know what I'm saying with people like the. I think the best part of the Bruce Lee documentary was when they was talking about him as like an actor and like how he felt a particular type of way and how he wanted to be seen and how he wanted certain movies to like act out and stuff. And I was like, damn, like I feel him though. He's like a regular ass human being. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I see what you're saying as far as the mystique is concerned. And, and I definitely feel like it is, it is like that attachment for you. And I mean, especially considering you probably had like your pops and, and your uncle being like, hey, that's a bad man. Like, yeah, I and like do this, and, and like back in the that. day, back in the day, like my mom was in karate, right? So like me as a kid, I would just be in like the little. They had like a little waiting area for the kids, and they had like Bruce Lee movies in there for people to watch. So like I would just be in there watching Bruce Lee movies every time my mom was in karate, bitch, just watching that shit. Okay, so then there you go. So yeah, you had that attachment. So yeah, watching it makes that, him very human. See, but for yeah, me, I'll, I'll admit, I'll admit that's that that is what that's what it is, bro. Like I'll admit that for sure. Yeah, and and that's and I think that's exactly what I felt watching the little bit that I watched with Undertaker. But for me, I'm just like, damn, bro. Like I don't even think about that stuff. It's the same thing with like the Last Dance. Like I think the Last Dance really humanized the hell out of Jordan, bro. And honestly, people are like, oh, it's funny that now like Jordan is like doing all this stuff. After Last Dance, I was like, well, yeah, he probably feels comfortable to make it public now because people aren't really scrutinizing it as much. Can you imagine what people would have been saying about Jordan after, like, if if Last Dance didn't occur? You know what I'm saying? Like, if he, that money that he gave, the $100 million, if he didn't do the Last Dance and kind of explain, like, what happened with the whole, like, oh, like, you know, Republicans buy sneakers too, like, people would have been like, oh, now you want to care about black people? Bro, oh, sidebar about black people. Sidebar, I mean? so, why? Why is why is Jordan good at everything? Oh, you talk about that fish, Bruh. Jay caught a four hundred pound marlin, bro. Like, 
why why are you good at everything, dog? Like so you know fuck? you, you want to know what it what it what it honestly boils down to? So I kind of I thought about it in this context. So um this was this was when I first moved to Fort Myers and I was I was kind of just playing around with my um with my athletes and we were like doing certain basketball stuff and they're like, "Dang, like you know, we didn't expect you to be able to do that. Like, that's what the athletes were saying to me. And I was like, you know, I don't know for a lot of people, but I know, like, for me and my homeboys and, like, Dylan, you can especially, you know, talk about this because we've talked about it personally. Like, I never wanted to be the best at everything, but I never wanted to be trash at anything. So, like, if I'm playing basketball, I want to be able to play basketball with you. If we're playing football, I want to be able to play football with you. Like, I want to be able to play whatever sport and have people be like, nah, I want him on my team. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that was always that was always my thing. So if you ratchet that up by like a hundred times, you have Jordan. Because Jordan doesn't just want to be good at everything; he wants to be great. So the same thing that drives like you know like me or you or Dylan or whoever to just be good at everything, like that that, that he wants to be great at everything. That's that's what he does. That's why I think personally he's so good at stuff because that's that's what he wants. That's what he wants to do is be great did, at everything. Did you see that one of the comments on the video was Patrick Ewing told me he hopes I have a good day on the ocean, so I took it personal. Yes, bro. <laughs> I was like, he probably did find some motivating factor to fucking snap on niggas. Yeah. Shit, crazy though. It's a that's good game. It. I mean, well, Dylan, what do you think about that? Because I mean, like I said, you and I have spoke about that before, like. You don't ever want to be trash at anything. Like you want to be at least good. Nah, for sure. Like you said, I was, you always want to be able to go somewhere and then people be like, "Oh yeah, I want him." Not even people bro. know you for real. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I'm in exactly, bro. That I, and I think that's that's Jordan, but he does. He just wants to be great at everything. So like it drives him. You know what I'm saying? Like it's his drive. Like I want to be great at this. That's why when they're like, oh, Jordan does this and Jordan does that, it's like, oh, well, yeah, naturally. Because what's crazy is he's not that good at golf. But he don't he don't stop. And I think the reason why he plays golf so hard is because he's not that good at it. <laughs> like, he wants to continue to bet. Like, he's not good at it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, when we're little he kids. Wanna get, and want to get good. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's what he's trying to get after. You know what I'm saying? Like, when we were kids and we wanted to learn how to shoot a basketball, we'd be out there for hours. You know what I'm saying? For hours just trying to get a ball in a basket. You know what I mean? And I think for him, it's... And we just wanted to get the ball in the basket. We didn't care about anything else. I didn't care about dribbling a basketball or playing a game. I just want to get the ball in the basket. For Jordan, it's like, nah, I want to do everything great. And I think, like, him and athletes like him... I think that's that's why they're really good at what they do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Tom Brady. Like, Tom Brady, he said it explicitly. Like, there's so much in my game that I could do better. So, like, no, I'm not. Even when they say, do you consider yourself the greatest of all time? He'll sit there and tell you, like, which quarterback is better than him at this or at that. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's why he still plays football because he legitimately does not feel like the GOAT. He don't because there's other things you can say other quarterbacks are better than him at. I just I think that's that's pretty fucking cool, dog. 
pretty fucking cool, dog. But yeah, that that uh, to kind of tie everything back in because we went on a super tangent. So I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think like that mystique thing, bro. Like it really plays it plays a factor, dog. And it's cool to see these people humanized because they are just like us, bro. Right. Like I I honestly like I've heard and I've read on Twitter a bunch of people say like you know Undertaker's stupid like he should have just left after this like nobody paid attention to that. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, he definitely did have points in time. Like, I think you were the one who was describing it. Like, he he could have retired after a particular match, but because he was, like, not not knocked out, but he wasn't 100% himself, he decided it wasn't enough. And nobody could tell. He couldn't remember it. He couldn't nobody, remember the match. Nobody could tell. And, like, yeah. honestly, like, he could have just been done. Like, he could have just been done. Everybody thought it was a great match. You know what I'm saying? Like, and some people would be like, yo, it just makes me even better. Like, I don't even remember the match and I still snap. But for him, it's not enough. He wants to remember. He wants to have that moment so bad. And like, I feel him, bro. You want that. You want that moment, bro. Right. You want that moment, bro. You want, you want to be able to be acknowledged for what you did. Like, honestly, the Undertaker carried, he was one of the people that carried the WWE through three dead phases, bro. He was there oh, for sure. the time. He was there for the time after Hulk Hogan. You know what I'm saying? Not only was he there for the time after Hulk Hogan, but he was there for that time, like right before Attitude Era, and then that little period after Attitude Era when he became an American badass. Like he went through three three different dead times and was like one of the guys to carry it through. You know what I'm saying? And like he wants his acknowledgement. Bit like I'm retiring, bro. Like I want that. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jit wrestled through the Golden Age of Wrestling, the Attitude Era, the Ruthless Aggression Era, and the PG Era. That's crazy. He's a walking history book for wrestling. Facts. The hardest part is now at this point is at his age, it's harder and harder to have that good final match. So that's what keeps kind of bringing him back. And that's the thing that he keeps coming to in these. He keeps having a good match. And then he's like, you know what? I feel good. I think I can have another one. And then he has a bad match. And he's like, I can't go out like that. I need to have another one. And it's like a vicious cycle that just keeps repeating itself. And that's why I'm hoping that with how good that Boneyard match was, like, just be done, bro. Like, that's a perfect way to ride off. You rode off on your motorcycle. Like, that should just be it, bro. Be done. And not only that, but it's who you beat, too, bro. Like, yeah, you beat AJ Styles, bro. You beat like, AJ Styles, dog. And it was, a, and it was awesome. That Boneyard match was awesome. It was. It. I, I told you, like, afterwards, like, I, I, it's one of the greatest... It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in wrestling, bro. Yeah. No, he's not with that match. He can't... He could honestly just be done and be fine. I hope, yeah, so. I hope he feels that way at least. Right. I hope so too. As I'm waiting for the rest of this doc. I know they kind of stopped it because of everything that was going on. There's still a couple episodes left of it. Um. Yeah, man. Shit crazy, dog. Shit crazy, bro. That shit crazy. Like I, I, I don't know, man. Like I, at the end of the day, bro. I feel like. I feel like. We need more of these documentaries. It's like a shame that they're getting so much love. And I feel like I've, I've said this on the show before. Like, people, y'all need to watch these sports documentaries, bro. Because it's just so cool to realize, like, these people that we place on this high-ass pedestal 
they're so similar to us. And like yeah, we can kind of equate and we can equate it to stuff in our lives. Cause I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I'm not gonna be if I, I don't know how long how much longer I'm gonna be teaching for. However, wherever I end up being, if I teach for the rest of my life, when I retire, I want my rocking chair, I want my video, I want my pictures, I want all of that. And don't let me be at a place for 10 plus years and I'm about to retire. But if I don't get the full ceremony, I'm spazzing. Straight up. You already know how I am, Buddha. Like, I don't ask for acknowledgement all the time. But when it calls for it, bit, I'm getting all of it. I want all of it. I want the cake. I want the cookies. I want the ice cream. I want my favorite dish. I want all of that. Because I didn't ask for it when I was working. You know what I'm saying? Like, Undertaker wasn't... Undertaker worked hard. And Undertaker never... Like, for the most part, he never bitched and complained. He always kept the locker room in order. Because that's one thing that they'll tell you. Like, if it's one person who's going to keep the locker room in check, it's the Undertaker. Right, he brought people in. He took people under his uh, under his wing. Even people that he didn't really fuck with like that. If he felt you were good for the business, he'd help you out. You know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like he's at this point in his life right now, and I think honestly, that's why I hate WWE management because it's not just Undertaker that they've done this with. Sorry if I'm ranting a little bit, but no, you're good. you have guys, really good guys, who help carry the company regardless of how shit ended or whatever. Bro, like, these people deserve that acknowledgement. It can't just be The Rock, Hulk Hogan, and Stone Cold, dog. It can't. Like, I ain't gonna lie to you. Whenever Triple H is like, I'm done. If Triple H don't get a motherfucking ceremony of ceremonies, I'm a spaz for him. I'm just saying, bro. Like, there's a bunch of people that they shitted on. And I understand, like, what it is, but you could do better. Like, I felt like they could have done better with Bret Hart, personally. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like when Shawn Michaels is done, I feel like they probably won't give him his just due. You feel right. me? Like, Scott, I mean, Nash and and, and, and uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, I understand they cleared it, but shit, me, for the time that they was in WWF, they were WWF. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, yeah, like, the Hall of Fame shit is cool or whatever, but, like, damn, cuz, what a love. <laughs> but maybe I'm tripping. I don't know. I no, just feel I, like, no, I feel you're right. I just, I just feel like, bro, like you, these, these guys, they're not only putting food on their table, they put food on your table. They put food on your table. Like, just give Undertaker what the hell he want, so he can retire on top like he want to, so that way, like he can feel like he, like all the sacrifices he made was worth it. You know what I'm saying? Shit crazy, bro. Shit crazy. It's good business. It's good business. It's good business. But um, are we? Can we transition to NBA real quick? Sure. All right. So, um, it appears that they're definitely moving forward with the with the restart. For sure. Um, There's a lot of unknown things, like questions that need to be answered that haven't been answered as far as Restart is concerned. Um, And to be honest with you, you know, the the whole point is, is like, all right, how are the games going to go? Like, how long are we going to be able to practice the way we need to practice? And like, how are these players going to respond and their families and all this other stuff? And it's going to be interesting to kind of see 
how it's going to like formulate. And I, and I have an interesting question to ask you guys. I mean, what are your expectations? Because I have an answer, but I want to hear y'all's first. What is your expectations for the rest of this NBA season? And do you think this will be successful? I'll ask my follow-up question after. I just want to ask you those two questions first. What do you mean by expectation? Like, what do you, what do you, do, do you think it's going to be like business as usual? Do you think like basketball is still going to be good? Do you feel like it's going to be different because there ain't going to be no crowd? Like, do you think they're going to play on the same level? Like, what are your, what are your expectations? I feel like they might even play a little harder. Fact, I, I agree with that completely. I feel like it'll be a great, great thing for, for, for basketball. It, It almost feel like they back in them little, them little practice facilities, you know. They're gonna be hungry. They've missed it. They haven't been. They haven't been able to do nothing for the past few months. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I definitely, I definitely think it'll be, it'll be intense. It'll be. Okay. It'll take some getting. Yeah. Breath, some breath of fresh air, really. Okay. So. Fresh air, fresh air, breath of fresh air. Buddha, did you want to add to that, or you agree with him? No, I agree. I just, you know, it's going to take some getting used to at first, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be some, you know, uh, uh, growing pains, I guess would be the right word, just till they get used to the new format and everything like that. But shit, no, I think once things get in full swing, I think it's going to be it's going to be dope. Okay, so for me, I'm and I said this before, and I'm going to stick I'm going to stick with it. I feel as if ultimately I think the crowd is going to for sure be a determining factor. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be that way for all athletes, but I think some of the athletes, like the crowd matters, right? And, and the reason why I say it is like, all right, Booty, you've done step shows before, right? Right. Um, Dylan, you've done step shows before, right? Nah. And shut the hell up. And, um, you know, the thing is, is like we could step to step. We could we could win step shows to win step shows, but you we have to be honest with ourselves and say that it's gonna be weird if we step in a theater and there's nobody there. Even if it's for a hundred thousand dollars, which is life changing money for a chapter and the steppers, you gotta admit the element isn't the same without that crowd there. True. Still gonna step your ass off. Still gonna do the little things, but there's a difference versus when you're stepping out there and you're hearing, "All right, Buddha, okay, Dylan, I see you. All right, now, like that is juice." You know what I'm saying? Right. You react, you react to it, you play to the crowd, right? You do certain things. You're still, you're still gonna do it, of course, because it's part of your, it's part of your nature. However, it's different. Without that crowd atmosphere there, that big game atmosphere, like you gotta realize like the where you're playing matters. Like the Clippers versus the Lakers was a big deal because it was in LA. It's a big game in LA. You feel what I'm saying? Like when LeBron James and Chris Bosch and Dwayne Wade was winning, you got we you guys know what the atmosphere was like here when it was a big game. When the finals was in town. You know what I'm saying? Like it, that ambiance, that atmosphere matters. I think it's gonna be good basketball. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's gonna be a little different. I think I think they might play a little better. I think it's gonna be some of the best basketball we've seen because there's no crowd. You see what I'm saying? It's it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be a high level pickup game. 
ain't no crowd there. You know what I'm saying? Because like, for example, it's gonna be like the reason I'm saying it's gonna be intense is because like 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 how they used to how the um, the dream team was for their practices and stuff like that. It's gonna be that. I feel like it'll be it'll be that. This is this is true. This is true. But then like, are those baskets at the end of the game still clutch? Because what makes it clutch, what makes to me what makes it clutch is 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 the atmosphere. I expect you to make that bucket. It's like playing. I expect you. Oh, yeah. I disagree. I disagree. I think I think clutch is is the moment. Like I think I feel like it's you know you're down. There is no other option. You have to hit this. I think I think that moment is what makes the clutchness, not necessarily the atmosphere. Okay, I I can see that. I can see that. I feel like we're gonna see a lot more buckets being made. I think like the lack oh, of a crowd. 100%. The lack of the crowd, and that's what I'm saying. Like, is it really as clutch as it's supposed to be? You know what I'm oh, saying? Like, you're you're in a gym. Like, and and I think that's what a lot of people are gonna say. Like, if we're watching these games and they're inside of a gym, I feel like a lot of people are gonna get shitted on now because they're gonna be like, oh, well, you're in a gym, ain't even no crowd. I mean, they could they could try to shit on them all they want, but at the end of the day, like it's it goes both ways like both teams are going to be trying to show you're still going to have those clutch moments because both teams are going to be trying to put up the you're really going to have to play regardless everybody's going to put up buckets and and on top of that there's no more travel nobody's going to have to travel anywhere so there's no excuse for everybody to not be on point there's no That's flight true. delays there's nothing like that everybody's going to be in the same place the same time what's up what you got it's true good points good points let me see let me see these skills you're talking about this right. is true, and, and that's kind of that's that's part of my excitement for it too. Is like, damn, bro, like we're really about to see these guys play play. Because I don't know if you guys have ever seen these guys play like open gym or whatever, and there there's like no crowd there. Whatever, and they play way better. So I'm mm-hmm. like, man, like I think the the crowd, that ambiance, like those the traveling, all those things that you that we're mentioning, they all play a part, bro. Higher scoring, yes, but I do think it'll still be just as competitive and just as as many of those clutch moments, but just with a higher score. I think it'll be in the, the defense. I feel like it'll be way. I feel, actually not. Nah. Shit, it might fuck around. And be more physical. <laughs> Facts. Communication will be easier. Like I mean, there's just a lot of factors that. Well, you gonna hear all the communicating now. You gonna hear all the go go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> you gonna hear all the little noises. That's gonna be dope. I can't wait to hear the shit talking, boy. That sensor button better be ready. I wish, I wish, uh, I wish. What's her name was still in that bit? Uh, Rasheed Wallace. What? Give me that shit. Or a boozer. Ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. Or boozer. He's the he's the that. When boozer used to get rebounds, give me that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's dope, man. I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I got one more thing to read for NBA for y'all, and then I I want to get your your standpoint into it, and uh, yeah. So, um, obviously this is bigger than LeBron, but I think they are utilizing LeBron because he's the biggest name in the sport. But um, the headline says LeBron James helping start group to prevent black vote suppression, and you know I, I love reading these articles and sharing them with y'all because that's what I do. Los Angeles Lakers star and former Kia MVP LeBron James is focused on helping prevent vote suppression of African Americans by teaming with other athletes and celebrities to start a new voting rights group. According to New York Times and Reuters, James is starting a group called More Than a Vote. 
which will be focused on educating and protecting black voters while also energizing more to show up at polls for the November 3rd election. Because of everything that's going on, well, this quote unquote, because of everything that's going on, people are finally starting to listen to us. We feel like we're finally getting a foot in the door, James told the New York Times on Wednesday. How long it is, is up to us. We don't know, but we feel like we're getting some ears and attention, and this is the time for us to finally make some differences. ESPN's Dave McMenamin reports some of the notable names on the board include Milwaukee Bucks' Eric Bledsoe, Golden State Warriors' Draymond Green, Atlanta Hawks' Trey Young, Miami Heat's Udonis Haslam, as well as Alvin Kamara, Sam Perkins, Jalen Rose, Kendrick Perkins, Steven Jackson, Skylar Diggins-Smith, and Kevin Hart. The plan for more than a vote comes at a time when Americans are concerned about foreign influence in elections and the COVID-19 pandemic has raised questions about voter safety and voter suppression. There will be an active campaign of suppression, a person familiar with James' efforts told Reuters. These athletes are the most trusted members of their communities. James told New York told the New York Times he plans to use his vast presence on social media to combat voter suppression and plans to be vocal about any attempts to restrict voting rights for racial minorities. Yes, we want you to go out and vote, he says, but we're also going to give you the tutorial. We're going to give you the background on how to vote and what they're trying to do, the other side, to stop you from voting. On Tuesday, many people across the U.S. waited hours to vote in person in Georgia's primary elections. That was especially true in counties with large black populations in and around Atlanta. Per ESPN, the more than a vote idea was born by James after the anger and frustration he felt following the death of George Floyd last month. Floyd, a 46-year-old black man, was handcuffed and unarmed as a white Minneapolis police officer kneeled on his neck for several minutes despite several pleas that he could not breathe. Since that took place on the 25th of May, the NBA, its teams, coaches, players, and executives have expressed their outrage over his death via protests, social media posts, and other means. Several players, including Klay Thompson, Stephen Curry, Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen Brown, Damian Lillard, and others, have either taken part in or led protests in various cities across the U.S. Hmm. So, more than a vote. How do you guys? How do you guys feel about? LeBron James and the rest of their effort as far as voter suppression, and do you guys think that they're gonna be a factor? Hope I mean, so. Like anything LeBron James get into nowadays is gold. Facts. That's true. That's true. That's facts. Man, I hope so, man. Like, there just needs to be more positivity that comes out of all this. So, like, I, I, I hope and pray. You know, I just feel. I just feel like at the end of the day, dog, it's not just about like celebrity power. Like the athletes are low key, like the superheroes, like they're real superheroes in this society. And I feel like these guys do carry a lot of clout. And I think the more that they're, the more athletes that we have that are focused into the movement, the better it'll be. Like in the 60s, you had guys like Muhammad Ali, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, Oscar Robertson. You had guys who were supremely involved. Hank Aaron, who were who were really soldiers on the front lines of that initial civil rights movement in the 60s. So it's cool to see those athletes kind of taking that lead too, to do that now. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because for a little bit, we had that spell where there weren't athletes really saying much not a lot of them anyway, not as much as now, not as big of names as you're hearing right now. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think those situations will make for a bigger deal, in my opinion. In my opinion. 
I agree. That's it gets more people to follow the leader. Exactly. It's all right, LeBron. That's all they be. Why they be waiting on Daddy LeBron to do everything before they start getting involved in the shit? Niggas annoying, bro. Yo, minds are they on to get shit going? They gotta wait on LeBron. <laughs> you snap, <laughs> Daddy LeBron. You Daddy sound LeBron frustrated. Gotta do everything for these jits. I mean, he got the pull for it. Who gonna argue with LeBron? Nobody, but damn, nobody gonna argue with uh, some of these other niggas either. But damn, speak the fuck up, scary ass niggas. Facts, I love it. Niggas, niggas just waiting on LeBron to go. So we're like, all right, LeBron doing it. All right, man, we we, we on we, we on with you, LeBron. Fuck, Katie, where you facts. at? Chris Paul, That's where you facts. at? James Harden. Why y'all, why y'all not leading these 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 conversations? Why y'all need not with your stupid ass? Why gotta take LeBron to start some? Why gotta take LeBron to be the political one and then everybody be like, oh hey, yeah, 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 bro, yeah, yeah, bro, we with you, bro, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. On your shit. I feel like it's almost like they're expecting him to take the lead on it, so they just kind of everything. Wait. They expect him to take a lead it's on like, every issue. Bro. He's like that kid. He's like that kid in the classroom. Like when teachers start asking questions, everybody in the classroom looks at them. Yeah, you know, it's like I know your hand gonna go up, so like I'm just gonna wait for you to put your hand up. <laughs> none of them know else. None of them know what the fuck to say. Right, I, like, I don't know who to call. I don't oh, know what oh, to do. Oh. Yeah. LeBron, I'll tweet about it. Right. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's funny, LeBron. I do, I do whatever LeBron do. Right. You know what I'm saying? I got you, bro. I got you. Got the same agent. You know what I'm saying? We got the same agent. You feel me? So whatever, whatever the squad trying to do, I'm down. Whatever for he you. on, yeah, you know, it was part. Just know, I was part of that decision. The fuck, he wasn't. Whatever he on, we on. That's funny as fuck. That is funny as hell. So do we have anything left to talk about in the sports world? Uh, no, I just want to say shout out to NASCAR for finally banning the Confederate flag from all of their events and everything Yo, like that. Speaking um, on, you know, it's, you- it's, it's, it's a small step, but it's a step, and I'll take it. Right, Speaking sure. on, did you hear about after that decision was made, there was a driver that uh, he he quit. He, like, retired. Good. Good. Bye, deuces, Get bitch. The fuck? Get your racist, bigoted ass out of here. Get the fuck wow. up out of there. And I love yeah, all of it. It's letting people show you who they are. And it's like, yes, please show us so we not. Yeah. Not like we already didn't know. I'm saying, but it's like a lot of people hide their shit. You feel me? Oh, for it's sure, like, for sure. Now I give you a chance. You can't hide your shit no more because those people that really ride for that racist ass flag are gonna ride. And they, so it's like, yeah, ride so we can see who you are. Put you out into the front. Into oh, the yeah. I wonder if he, I wonder if he said anything. Like who I knows? really, I, I wonder if he said anything as far as like no, he's got yeah. Black Lives Matter guys. He's got now. Fucking up, goddamn. Oh, speaking, speaking, of, speaking of Black Lives, speaking of Black Lives Matter, shout out to John Cena donating a million. Oh yeah, big John Cena with the milli. Shitted on Drake and the weekend. We gonna say y'all ain't got big money for real. <laughs> John Cena did get a Nobel Peace Prize. I'm not gonna lie to you. His name <laughs> is his name is Facts. Ray. His name is Ray Chicharelli. He's 50 years old. And he announced the end of his NASCAR Truck Series career with a furious Facebook post on Wednesday, shortly after NASCAR banned Confederate flags from all events. 
He's like, well, it's been a fun ride and dream come true, but if this is the direction NASCAR is headed, we will not participate after the 2020 season is over. I don't believe in kneeling during the... I don't believe in kneeling during the anthem nor taking people's right away to fly whatever flag they love. I can care less about the Confederate flag, but there are people that do it, that do, and it doesn't make them a racist. All you're doing is effing one group to cater to another. Na, 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 na. (laughs) Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. Good riddance. Facts, bro. I don't give a fuck. Get all the ass out of here. Bye, bitchy. I'm gonna say, I don't don't really care for the flag, but. Nigga, what? It's like, clearly you do. It seems like it feels some type of way. You just gave up your career about it. (laughs) Like, shut your ass up. Because I guarantee if they would have said, I guarantee if they would have been like, oh, all lives matter, or blue lives matter, or, or, or we're, fly, we're flying the flag high. You've been like, yeah, this is why I drive for NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, like, NASCAR bitch. is doing a great thing. This is beautiful. S- Love the message. racist ass down. Love That's the hilarious. message NASCAR is showing out to be right here. You know, like, yeah, really I love it. We got to expose all these closeted racists and bigots, bro. Get that all they ass out of here. Yeah, they need NASCAR. to come out. please. Fucking Minnesota took that. Minnesota took down the statue of Christopher Columbus. Get his ass out of here, too. Gee, shit. The fuck? Christopher Columbus has been taken down from a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's been, he's been, it's been good, man. It's, it's, it's interesting is, to see that. People turnaround. are getting scared. It's like, oh, a lot of people are getting upset. I was like, yeah, they, those are, the, we're getting the right people upset because they need to come right. and show us who they are. What the fuck? That nigga's been With part of this. stupid ugly ass. Because while you coming out, just know you won't be getting this cop job because you're not really, we don't already keep posting this goofy shit y'all posting. So when y'all come applying for these jobs, you can't get it. <laughs> like, right. Facts. And then one day, you guys want to do it? Had to defund the police. Let's try that out for a, for a month. <laughs> right. So what you gonna do so for a month? You gonna walk around shooting niggas? That's true. So is there anything else left in the world of sports, fellas? Nope. Nope. Awesome. So today, uh, I was listening to his album. This is one of my favorite albums of all time. It's uh, B by Common. Um, it was released in 2005. Um, it's definitely one of those albums that I listened to when I first moved over to South Florida. It was that album. It was John Legend's Get Lifted. And it was uh, TM101 by Jeezy. Uh, so, I'm reading for you today, Underrated Bars of Fame. I think this is one of the greatest storytelling songs of all time. Um, it's called Testify. I'll say the storyline after the fact because I want you guys to kind of listen to the lyrics if you've never listened to this song. If you've never listened to the album B, B-E by Common, you're, you're missing out on life. So make sure you give it some time to give it a listen. So Testify by Common. She walked into the court, her knees buckled, saying for a man to survive, he needn't hustle. Seen and been through the struggle her whole life. Made a transition from being his hoe to his wife. Stifling. The night upend the ATF bust in. Her daddy was a hustler, so she loved them. Looking at the jury, how can they judge him? She screams, before you lock my love away. Before you lock my love away. Before you lock my love away, please let me testify. Fear in her chest, her face in tears. Had her man's back, he was facing years. In her name, though the place was his. They trying to take everything except the kids. For years she been through stumbling fights. While he trying to hustle that white. Up all night, wondering if he's alive. 
Seeing him tired, seeing him tired, she bubbled inside and screamed. Before you lock my love away, before you lock my love away, please let me testify. The judge yelled for order in the court, reporter making her words shorter. His lawyer sat next to him. She could see how the trial was affecting him. It hurt for her eyes to connect with him, using her lies for protecting him. They arrested him for murder and gun possession. As they read back her confession, she screamed, Before you lock my love away, before you lock my love away, before you lock my love away, please let me testify. The court awaited as the four men got the verdict from the bailiff. Emotional outburst, tears, and smeared makeup. He stated he was guilty on all charges. She's shaking, looking like she took it the hardest. A spin artist, she brought up her face laughing. That's when the prosecutor realized what happened. All that speak in her mind, testifying and crying when this bitch did the crime, the queen pin. Before you lock my love away, before you lock my love away, before you lock my love away, please let me testify. So essentially, it's, it's literally a story about a woman who hustled out her husband. Got him committed and guilty of all the crimes when she really is the one out here making moves out here in these streets. Husband just took one for the team, huh? Sheesh. <laughs> yeah, cuz. She's crazy. She's crazy. There's a great album. That's a great song. That album is is super impressive. I recommend it to anybody. Even if you don't really listen to conscious hip hop like that, I highly doubt you listen to that album and think that it's trash. Right. Yeah, so. That's it for underrated bars of fame. Is it time to get off the air? Almost. We just got a couple more things to cover. Some housekeeping. Buddha, where can he reach us at uh, email? Uh, ballsportspodcast at gmail.com. What about on Instagram? Balls underscore sports underscore podcast. What about on Facebook? Ball sports podcast. What about Twitter? Balls underscore podcast. What about Black Planet? I'm not welcome there. What? <laughs> <laughs> Is what this nigga just said. So I'm not welcome there. I'm, I'm white. <laughs> You're welcome I'm on white. a black planet. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get the access uh, code. Oh my said, god! I'm white. You're wild. Uh, I eat. I, I eat whitens. And miracle whip. <laughs> Nothing is quite like the zip of a good miracle whip. What? <laughs> but yeah, man. So I think with that being said, we are done. Finito. Bow. Episode 143. We appreciate y'all for listening. Y'all could have been listening to any other sports podcast in the world, but you're listening to us, and we appreciate that. Just keep giving us these listens, Indeed. and we're going to keep giving you this bomb-ass material to ride with. Hey, support black businesses, silly niggas, tax goat, all that, all the other black businesses, man. The restaurants, the boutiques, the... The, the hair, the makeup, the finances, the education, whatever. Support Rio Talks. Support Rio Talks. Yeah. Damn it. What was it? Every Wednesday? Yeah, practically every Wednesday. Every Wednesday yeah. at 8. IG Live. Made Support Buddha's fiance. Yeah. <laughs> she do hell. She do hell. <laughs> you she need do, your, if she you need do your hell. hair done, she All do hell. That. Does she, wait, does her does her business have a name? Uh, yeah. Bria uh, looks. 
But no, I think it's it's ambitious gifts. I think. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ambitious yeah. gifts. Go get your lace fronts. You need your soul black and all that. Businesses with y'all stupid ass. Stupid behind. Stupid. Uh, stupid. But yeah, man. We out of here. We out of here. Bye, Silly niggas. Little scallywags.